You are listening to Infertility Bites. This is a catharsis podcast. Infertility bites, but it bites a bit less when you're not alone. My name is Casey, and I am blessed, as always, to be joined by my co-captain in this journey, my wife, Sarah. Hello. On this series, we're going to talk about our experiences dealing with infertility. It is important to note, however, that we are not doctors or even experts, just people that understand how difficult and lonely it can be. Each person's journey is unique, so like a fingerprint, so it's best to make sure to leave the medicine to the professionals. Um, We missed a week last week due to illness hitting all three of us in our family. (laughs) Nothing serious, just draining on time, energy, and our voices. So uh, we apologize for no episode last week, but... Uh, Yeah, we're still kind of fighting it. (laughs) Um we may have to do a little bit of extra editing, some coughs and, and stuff out of this week's, but we'll get it figured out for you. Last time we talked about uh, the now what's of success, the now you're pregnant, now what's, you know, sort of a thing. This week, we're going to go back a bit and dig into one of our main causes of infertility, PCOS. Yes. Uh, PCOS or polycystic ovary syndrome uh is is one of the things that uh affected us probably the biggest thing that affected us in terms of fertility overall yeah um we we have mentioned that we also had my low sperm motility um which which meant my swimmers weren't getting to where they needed to go as easily but the problem was when they were getting to where they needed to go there was nothing there for them And so what exactly is PCOS? Well, uh, the biggest thing is it's actually one of the most common causes of female infertility. Anywhere between 6 and 12% of Americans, um, that's like 5 million women of reproductive age, are affected by PCOS. Um, PCOS uh, caused by... They think... They don't really have a 100% cause for it, but they think it's caused by an imbalance of certain reproductive hormones. Um, What ends up happening is the uh, ovaries develop these um, cysts on them, hence the cyst part, polycystic ovary syndrome, uh, these little cysts on it that can uh, impair ovulation. Um, And what's kind of tricky about it is it's... It's not an, an on or off switch sort of a thing. No. Uh, some women with PCOS will ovulate normally sometimes and not other times. Some women with PCOS will never ovulate. Some women with PCOS will have very irregular Yes, uh, which that was what mostly cycles. affected me. And some of them will have shortened cycles where they come every 21 days instead of, yeah. instead of every... So there's a lot of things that go into it that make it kind of tough, but... Women with PCOS are often insulin resistant, which means their bodies can make insulin but can't use it, therefore increasing their risk for type 2 diabetes. Uh, And that actually plays into part of the treatment for it. Um, They also have higher levels of androgens, which are like the uh, male hormones. Uh, So so when you think of testosterone, that's one of them, right? Um, and even though 
females have those, they have them in smaller percentages most of the time. But when you have higher percentages, they can stop the eggs from being even released at all. They can cause irregular periods, and they can cause a whole bunch of other stuff uh, that is not exactly fun. Yeah. I mean, I never, oh, to this day, I, I, my cycle is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I can never plan anything. People like, I remember girls being like, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, being like, oh, my cycle's on this day every month. And I'm like, I, I mean, I wish I could still say that. I never have been able to say that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of yeah. comes in whenever it wants to. And so, um, like I say, with the, the PCOS there being uh, developing insulin resistance, they say more than half of women with PCOS develop type 2 diabetes by age 40. And that's something to, to be concerned about because it's, that's, that's, a, that's a dangerous disease just in general, yes. right? Not even talking about pregnancy or anything. Um, PCOS, it's important to get that treatment under control. Uh, to help prevent that sort of concept, right? They also have higher risks for gestational diabetes, which affects the pregnancy, puts the baby and the pregnancy at risk, and can lead to type 2 diabetes later in life for both the mother and the child. They have higher risk of heart disease, higher risk of high blood pressure. Sleep apnea. Yep, sleep apnea. Uh, Higher risk for... um, a stroke because uh, it adds up to the uh, bad cholesterol tends to be in higher level and the good cholesterol is in lower yeah, re- which level. Right now, uh, I'm my doctor, I've been working with my doctor and that's one of the things mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on. Yep. Um, and so those are all things that, that PCOS is that some of them don't directly have anything to do with pregnancy, but they're important to know. Um like I say, the exact causes of PCOS are not known, but the androgen levels are higher than normal, and they think that plays a important part. They also find that excess weight and family history can contribute to it. So people whose uh, mother or sisters have PCOS or have type 2 diabetes are more likely to develop PCOS themselves. I think that was kind of why I was surprised, because... There was no, in my side of the family, there was no, like, my mom always said that, you know, with them, they'd say they'd want to have a child, and before I knew it, before I knew, before they knew it, they were pregnant, so they didn't seem to have any problems, and my granny didn't have any problems, you know, and her mom didn't have any problems having kids, so for me, it was, I kind of was the most random, you know, and I, I talked with Casey about it, like, I wonder... If there's something in the generation of like the baby boomers that they had while they did while they were pregnant. But I don't, I mean, this is just me talking. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it could have been a carrier down from your, your father's side. Yeah. That because you don't know a ton about your father's uh, no. side of the family. And I, of course, I do know his sisters mm-hmm. all had a bunch of kids. Yeah. But they still could have had struggles. So, yeah. Um, what are some of the symptoms of PCOS? Well, the biggest one we've already talked about is the un- irregular menstrual cycles. Uh, women with PCOS may miss periods altogether or have irregular periods or just even fewer periods, like less than eight in a year, or their periods may come every 21 days or even more often. 
Some oh. women with PCOS even stop having menstrual entirely. Yeah, the the PCOS support group I follow on Facebook, I guess I should consider myself lucky that I still have a cycle because a lot of them say they, they're literally praying for a cycle because it's like, it's kind of like the first step to potentially getting pregnant, at least having a cycle. And like they just don't even have one. And I guess I never even thought, you know, you know, I always think when people say they don't have a cycle, I'm like, oh, you're on birth control. But these people aren't on birth control and they're just wanting their cycle. So it's crazy. Uh, another symptom of PCOS is too much hair on the face, chin, or parts of the body where men usually have hair. So like your chest or... or I get them on my like chin, that. unfortunately. In fact, up to 70% of women with PCOS report having excess hair in places that they normally wouldn't have hair. And and I, I will say, I, I know I'm blessed that, yeah, I have a few random hairs on my chin, but... There are some people that, uh, on that support group that have it so severe, so severely worse than I ever. And, you know, part of it's because people, they start, and I mean, I don't, I've never shaved my face. I don't know, but a lot of people say that's what they do. And I mean, that's something that you're doing every single day for the rest of your life. So, um, Another uh, symptom, and this might be part why some people don't get diagnosed with it as early as possible, is acne. Um, acne on the face, chest, and upper back. And let's be honest, what teenage girl doesn't deal with acne, right? And so just having acne is not going to be enough for them to actually worry about you having PCOS. So that might be part of why it goes undiagnosed for a while. Thinning hair or hair loss um, can be a symptom yeah. of it. Uh, we mentioned weight gain or just difficulty losing weight yeah. can be a symptom of it. Um, darkening of the skin, particularly along like the neck creases, a um, couple other places like underneath the breast, those are things that can be symptoms of it. And then skin tags, oh, yeah. uh, which... I, most of us get them at some point in our lives, uh, but they're just the little flaps of skin that stick out sometimes like underneath your armpits or on your neck or your back. Yeah, but I remember having them. My mom took me. I remember I went to the dermatologist. I couldn't have been more than in seventh or eighth grade. And I don't know how many she took off me. And that was back way back then, which, you know, didn't even know what this was, so. But the big thing with PCOS, though, is just because you have PCOS does not mean you can't get pregnant. Because PCOS is one of the most common but treatable causes of infertility in women. Um, and that's important to keep in mind because there are treatments that can help. Um, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about treatments in a bit. But it's common for women to find out they have PCOS when they first have trouble getting pregnant. And that's part of where our frustration came from you know i mentioned sarah sarah had many of those symptoms for years and years before we got diagnosed with it and she told her her gynecologist about yeah. them and she told doctors about them she mentioned she went in and had a whole bunch of skin tags removed when she was in in high school middle school yeah you know yeah um and those are all things that the doctors should have been able to put two and two together and say 
maybe, maybe this is PCOS. Yeah, I I will say, I I regret myself not seeing a different doctor. So my advice to anyone is if you are like, you tell your doctor and they say, well, you haven't been trying for that long. Or if you say these and you go the next year and they still don't take it serious, go see a different doctor. Because I wish I would have gone and said, hey, I'm having these symptoms. Because about the fourth year, I think I had read about PCOS online and I was like, hmm, you know, a lot of these things. I'm So just like we've always said, you have to be the one. You have to step up for yourself. But so, yeah, so when looking at diagnosing PCOS, there's a lot of things that they're going to do. Uh, the main things they're going to do are a physical exam where they're going to measure things like your blood pressure, your BMI. They're going to look to see if you've got that extra hair on your face or your chest or back or extra acne or that skin discolorization. Uh, they may even look for signs of hair loss or other health conditions, such as in the large thyroid gland. They'll probably then do a pelvic exam where they'll look for signs of the extra male hormones. For example, an enlarged clitoris. Um, that can be a sign. They'll even check your ovaries for if see if they're enlarged or swollen just manually. Um, they might move on to, this is what they eventually did for Sarah, the pelvic ultrasound, where... They use a, a ultrasound to examine your ovaries and the endometrium to see if there's cysts or if there's uh, yeah, damage to the lining. Crazy! I mean, you can just see these little dots basically mm-hmm. all over, and you're like, "Oh." And then they'll also do blood tests to check for your levels of certain male hormones, the androgens we mentioned about. Um, so that's going to be kind of a bunch of the tests that they're going to do to diagnose this. Um, after that, they're, they're going to, uh, see if you've got at least two of the following symptoms, irregular periods, uh, including periods that come too often or not often enough or not at all. Uh, whether you've got the extra hair growth on your face, the acne, the thinning of scalp hair, whether you've got those higher blood levels of androgens or whether you've got those multiple cysts, once they've got all of those things, then they'll they'll be able to say, okay, we think you have PCOS, so now how do we treat it? The good news is there's treatments for PCOS, and and for the most part, um, the outcome is rosy looking. Uh, they'll often likely put you on birth control. Yep. Uh, it seems backwards. <clears throat> To be put on birth control when your goal is to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, having those uh, extra hormones uh, being put into your system can help regulate your cycle. Uh, they can lower your risk of endometrial cancer. They can help improve your acne and reduce your extra hair and face and body. Um so so they can have a bunch of benefits and one of the biggest ones is getting your cycle back into yeah. where it is. Now, of course, depending on what type of, of hormonal birth control you use, whether it's something like an IUD or an implant, um, you'll have to stop when it's time to actually start trying to have the baby. But yeah. you may be on it for a short period of time. They may put you on it for six months or a year or longer as long as they can to get you to 
where your cycle is more regular and consistent. Um, and if they're going to do something like IVF, they want to look to see how you, how your ovaries are developing and if they're they're developing uh, enough eggs for them to harvest. Yeah. So, which is why I mean, we talk about how we were going to the doctor every single week, and this is why so that we could see how the cyst were leaving and if we were you know developing eggs. So I mean, there are reasons for why you're visiting the doctor so much. There are also anti-androgen medicines. Um, these are medicines to block those male hormones. Um, these are really good for helping things like the facial hair and, and acne and stuff like that. They're not particularly great for helping you get pregnant, and they actually can cause problems during pregnancy. So it's important to uh, keep those in mind if you are trying to get pregnant. And then the one that we ended up uh, being put on was metformin. Yep. Uh, metformin is often used to treat type 2 diabetes. And because PCOS and type 2 diabetes go kind of hand in hand in lots of ways, it works really well for treating this. It can uh, lower your both your blood insulin and your androgen levels um, and improve your insulin's ability to lower your blood sugar. Which are all good things, just in yeah. general. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, after a few months of use, it may even help restart ovulation, um, which means some people in situations different than ours where where the male doesn't have a motility or a count issue, um, it's, if it's just strictly on the, the female, something like metformin might get you to the point where during normal intercourse, you can actually uh, have a baby. And uh, that's something, you know, Sarah got put on metformin, I think, with the first drug assigned yep. uh, to her um, when they diagnosed her. And for the most part, she's been on it ever since then. There was a short period of time after we had the baby that she was off it, but yeah. uh, she's been back on it. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where... Uh, we've mentioned before we we would love to have another one. Uh, yeah. We just don't have the budget right now for another round of IVF or or even just a, an FET, a frozen embryo transfer, because we do have, I think six. We have six eggs frozen. I think we have four. Four left. left? I thought we, we had six. six total. And I thought we had nine total, and then we used two, and then one of them disappeared, so we had six. I thought we. Should. Anyways, we have some left. Um. Uh, it's been long enough. I think my memory is gone. Memory is, goes when you get older. I'm getting the angry eyes right now. Be quiet. So, um, so the good news is that metformin also can have some effect, but not a ton on things like the acne and the extra body hair. Um, uh, but it can help you lower your body mass and improve your cholesterol levels. So all of these things are good. In the end, there. Yes. Um, when if you want to get pregnant, and you have PCOS. One of the things they'll probably likely have you do is uh, low, try to lower your weight. You know, lose some weight. Um, Obesity is never good with pregnancy, just in general. No. Um, and Sarah and I both could use losing some pounds one way or another. So that's going to be one thing that they'll probably put you on. 
I, I do feel like I remember while we were at the doctor's office, we asked like the PCOS if I lost a lot of weight. And I mean, she was kind of like, it would help you, but PCOS doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just something, it's not like it's something, oh, if you lose 50 pounds, it's going to go away forever. Um, it might not be as severe, but that was something I remember asking her because I thought, man, is this something I just caused myself by just not taking care of myself? Um, but it's genetics, but it can get better. Yes. If you lose weight. Um, there's also medicines that they can do. We mentioned metformin, but before that, even just medicines like Clomid, it's a very common fertility treatment, um, to go out there. It helps, uh, you develop um, better eggs for ovulation and get your ovulation going. So uh, they might put you on that even then. Um, Moving on to things like we had in vitro fertilization, where they go and they harvest some eggs and they combine them with the sperm, and then they implant them later, and and it was successful for us, and it's, it's, um, it's quite a procedure, but that's an option there. Um, and then a final option, if all else fails, this is one I only just learned about, uh, they call it ovarian drilling and that's a horrible, horrible name. Yeah. Uh, that just sounds very unpleasant. It sounds very bad, but effectively what it is, they use lasers or a very, very fine needle, um, to, uh, drill some holes in the surface of your ovaries that allow your ovulation to proceed as normal, uh, despite the cysts um and it can uh result in normal ovulation for a short period of time usually like six to eight months but it's something that might be an option kind of a last resort because from what i'm reading about it it's a a relatively new procedure and b it's invasive because they're going into you with lasers you know so Yes. Also sounds very expensive. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, considering I know how much it costs just to do what we did, and there was no lasers involved. At least not that I know of. But, um, and then once you have, when you get pregnant, um, PCOS can still cause problems during pregnancy. So these are things that uh, we continued to be monitored during our pregnancy. Women with PCOS have higher rates of miscarriage gestational diabetes, preeclampsia, and cesarean sections uh, needed eventually. Um, The baby also has a higher risk of being heavy and of spending more time in a neonatal intensive care unit or a NICU. Um, We lucked out. Our baby didn't need to be in a NICU. Technically, she was in the NICU for like the first 24 hours due to something totally separate that we will get to eventually. But otherwise we were really blessed and I didn't have any of those, but it goes back to why we were so nervous about at least me getting so excited about being pregnant because I knew that miscarriages were, they were a higher risk. So, you know, but, and then they say some of the things you can do to lower your risk of problems during pregnancy Again, reaching a healthy weight before you get pregnant, uh, lowering your blood sugar levels before you get pregnant. And then this is one that you're probably already doing right now. If you're trying to have a baby, you're very likely on a folic acid of some sort. Um, It was one of the 
first things way back when we first said, hey, we're we're wanting to have a baby. The doctor said, yeah. well, let's get you on some uh, folic acid, some prenatal vitamins. Um, so there's a good chance you're already on that. So you're on, on the right path there. But again, PCOS is the probably most common cause of female infertility. And it's it's got a lot more treatments than... Yeah. Many of the other ones. So, I, yeah. and you're definitely not in that alone because it's so common. I was like, in some ways, it's kind of nice to have that instead of having the the unknowns because at least there's treatment wise. So, it's definitely something. But, but so yeah, that that's kind of um, a little bit about PCOS, a little bit about how we had to deal with it. Um, but we'd love to hear from you guys. So uh, shoot us an email at infertilitybitespodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash infertilitybites or at infertilitypod on Twitter. Uh, let us know if you had to deal with PCOS and if, if your experience was different than ours and how it differed. Um, we also have another story to tell. Uh, this is, this is a wonderful story, uh, from someone here local, um, Amber Owens, uh, tried to conceive for five years. Um, her and her husband tried for nine months and then decided they'd go see a doctor. So they pushed it a little bit because most of the time they make you go a year, but, um, they've got put on Clomid. They did a semen analysis for the husband uh, got a call a few days later uh, from the doctor saying, stop taking the Clomid. It's not you. It's your husband. His count's so low, I can't help you. She then was referred to uh, the RE specialist at Women's, which is where we went to. Um, uh, they were able to get in pretty quickly and met with Dr. Doherty. Uh, we yeah, went through Dr. Delaney, but we've heard a lot of good things about Dr. Oh, Doherty. Yeah. Um, they said that uh, IVF was really their only option. So they started the process. They got 27 eggs from the wow. egg retrieval. Uh, but after the five-day waiting period, they had seven left. They sent them all to get genetically tested and ended up with three eggs at the end. They transferred them one at a time, got pregnant the first time, but miscarried early. The two other embryos failed. So then they tried two rounds of IUI with donor sperm to try to see if that would work. And that didn't work either. Oh my goodness. And then they were out of money for this. Um, and I can imagine right at this point they felt uh, oh. everything was crashing down on them. But uh, there is a, a uh, silver lining to this. After all their treatments, they took some time off. Uh, they said they felt God pulling us toward adoption more and more. They had some friends working with an adoption consultant, so they went there and got their information. And they happened to be having a contest to win a year-long contract with them. And the long story short, they won the contest. Oh, wow. Uh, so um, everything in the adoption process was so much smoother than all the fertility treatments, they said. And in the end, they were matched with an expectant mother within five months and welcomed their little baby girl seven months later. 
So congratulations on the baby girl. Uh, being, being a girl parent is wonderful. I love my baby girl so much. So. She's sassy. <laughs> she really is. I'm like, I don't know where she got that from. but From me. She got that from me. Um, I always ask if they uh, encountered anything that made them feel alone. And they said they never really felt alone because, uh, honestly, they already had quite a few friends who'd gone down that path. Um, the difference is they all ended up pregnant at some point. Um, so she has felt overwhelmed. It's so much oh. to take in with all the medications and all the money you spend. And religion is a huge obstacle because it's easy to feel like God hated her. And uh, why are you doing this to me? I um, I can definitely agree with understand i shouldn't say agree because i i remember asking you i'm like is god punishing us because i didn't understand you know we weren't asking for lexus and mercedes and huge manson mansions we just wanted a kid i mean and i i guess i i i feel i understood i understand what she's saying because i was always feeling like did i what did i do wrong that this had to happen to us so but and they say the long story short on that though, God and her started a new relationship with her trusting in him and getting baptized. Oh. So, um, and they feel like that's part of what led them down to adoption and and got them their baby girl. Um, the advice they have for others, they say they know it's so hard to do this, but relax. Try to do a lot of self care. Talk to God, talk about your story. And she felt was so much easier to be blunt about what we're going through. Stopped any hurtful conversations and people asking thoughtless questions. Yes. And that's kind of, I think we mentioned is once it's out there, it's no longer this kind of secret thing that you're holding on to. And you can just be blunt with people and be like, hey, no, he's shooting blanks. Um, it takes, yeah, takes all the awkwardness out of it. And you don't get those people. Uh, why don't you have kids yeah, yeah. what's wrong or saying oh the one that i hated the most and i got this more than you did because most of my coworkers were men uh but things like well you know it's the trying that's the the fun part it's the practicing that's the fun part yeah I, people said that to me too or they would say are you guys sure you're doing it right yeah i i mean i'd be at work and they tell me this and i'd literally want to punch them and i'm like i can't punch these people i can't punch these people but and i always ask on this how we can support them on their path and they said no they already had all the support and help from their community but they do have lots of fundraising ideas for others so um if you are on this journey and trying to figure out how to raise funds uh get in touch with us and i'll pass along your information to her and maybe she can help you with some ideas on how to how to fundraise for your own uh miracle baby oh so. i'm so glad i'm so yeah. glad it worked out so happy uh uh she didn't put in here how old uh their little girl is now um so i might email her and just ask but i'm, I'm happy that they they got one like i said ours is a little over two and a half and sassy yeah um, no. I say, okay, it's bedtime. No. No tired. You bedtime. 
But of course, we're like, okay. Yes, yes. But that's we'd what be we're really say. bad parents if we went to bed and left you up. Yeah, we, we want to go to bed. And so first, you have to go to bed. That's exactly <laughs> the point, sassy girl. But, but so, yeah. So a happy story for this to go along with our happy story of our own daughter. Um, again, you can always hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash infertility bites. You can go to Twitter at infertility pod on Twitter. Uh, our email address is infertility bites podcast at gmail.com. Uh, those are all ways that you can get in touch with us. This show really only works when listeners like we just heard share their stories with us. Um, and so you can do that through Facebook, Twitter, email. There's going to be a link on both our Facebook and our Twitter place for the form that we have to help you submit your story. Um, and we really appreciate it. If anyone submits their story, it helps us out. That's what makes this show so good. Um, if you are enjoying the show, uh, you can leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen to. That would be great. It really helps other people find the show. And if you're comfortable, if you're to the point where other people know what you're going through, sharing this episode or just the podcast in general on your social media, just saying, hey, I'm really enjoying this podcast. It's nice to not feel so alone is much appreciated because you never know how many people on your Facebook page or your Twitter page are going through this silently without anyone knowing. Yeah. Um, But for now, I think we're going to wrap things up. I think both of our throats are a little tired um, from this. And um, as always, uh, we hope your dreams of tiny feats are answered soon. Yeah. We're going to let our little scientific miracle send us off with loves and kisses. Thanks for listening. Bye. I love you. Hello. Hello. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.